0: All right, let there be wonder in this place, and uh, no matter where we are today, we know that the Holy Spirit is with us because uh, that is a promise from Jesus that God the Father would send uh, the Comforter, the Teacher, the Helper, the Holy Spirit to us so <clears throat> we can we can worship um, because of the Holy Spirit. We know that the Holy Spirit is here to teach us, so that's, that's an amazing, amazing thing. Um, I'd like to talk to you a few moments about hamburgers hamburgers i love hamburgers i don't know about you but love hamburgers and my hamburger usually consists of um mustard and onion and i kind of i know this is living on the edge it's kind of risky but i kind of like them a little bit pink in fact very pink at times and and i like to eat my burger that particular way um you know there's various people that have various concepts of what a hamburger actually is there's a Restaurant in town, I won't exactly tell you who they are, but they will actually put anchovies on your burger. And I think, why would you put anchovies on a burger? Ugh. Up until that point, I wondered things like, why would you put cold coleslaw on a burger? That goes on a hot dog, because I'm an American. I, I'm not some type of foreign person, you know, trying to put odd stuff on a burger like um, I'm not sure who thought of putting barbecue sauce on a burger but I'm not so sure that that's a good idea but I know that there's people that like it <clears throat> and so I'm okay with that I'm okay if I go out to eat with somebody that, that has like Barbecue sauce on their burger. They have some cold salt on their burger. They have some type of weird type of cheese on their burger. Um, ketchup, mustard, whatever—the normal stuff. I'm I'm good with that. But the anchovy burger for me just kind of crossed the line. It's kind of like you have burgers and what they should be. You know, in America, um, this is what the burger should be. And then somebody said, "Oh, let's let's try some anchovies because anchovies smell so good. I think they would be really good on a burger." No. I, I think they're wrong but nonetheless to each his home everybody has kind of a different concept of what a burger is and I would say that most people like the normal stuff the American stuff on their burger you know lettuce tomato onion cucumber maybe not cucumber maybe pickle you know, I don't know. Cheese. A lot of people like cheese on the burger. I'm not particularly fond of cheese on the burger, but I'm fine with people doing that. I'm better with people putting cheese on their burger than I am an anchovy. Anchovy just shouldn't go on a burger. It shouldn't go on pizza. It should not be used at all. It just absolutely stinks. So that's just how I feel about burgers. What I find in life, in, in religious conversations or conversations with believers, is that people have different concepts of what the Holy Spirit is. Um, the Holy Spirit does this, and this group of people will say that the Holy Spirit does this, and they have this belief system to the Holy Spirit. Or they, the Holy Spirit does this, and this is how you feel the Holy Spirit. This is how you know the full Holy Spirit is in a room. Or this is how you know that this particular ministry is anointed by the Holy Spirit. And they can list reasons. They can list reasons. I would submit to you today that the Holy Spirit works in various ways with various people at different times. And so this morning what I would like us to do is turn to Numbers chapter 11 and we'll begin reading with verse 24 and we're going to talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit works and then how you can actually walk in the Holy Spirit. So that's kind of the the um, message for today and where we're going with this particular message. So uh, Numbers chapter eleven, we begin reading in verse twenty-four. By the way, the title of this message today, which you know I can't show to you like I usually do on the back screen in the church, and I cannot wait till we're back in the church. I think that'd be awesome. But uh, it would say "numbered spirit." So that's the title of the message today: is "numbered spirit." So, Spirit of the Lord. So, verse 24, if you're already there in your Bible, it says this. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. And he gathered 70 men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tent. Now, the tent is actually the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, where they do sacrifices, where the Holy of Holy is is, where the Ark of the Covenant is, where the priests do their work. So they're around the tent. He assembled them there. Verse 25, then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on him, that means Moses, and put it on the 70 elders. And as soon as the spirit rested on them, they prophesied. But they did not continue to do it. So there's a couple things here. One, I am intrigued with the fact that Moses had the Spirit of God on him. And the the Spirit could be divided among 70 people. Like like you can take parts of the Spirit and put it on people. That's not really what it means. It means that God took the Spirit and he took it from Moses and put it on the people. I'm not really sure theologically how that all works out, but I know that the scripture says that that happens. And so he took the Holy Spirit from Moses and he put it on these 70 leaders. Leaders need the Holy Spirit and need to be guided by the Holy Spirit and and they need to follow the Holy Spirit when they lead. That is where our wisdom comes from. That is where our knowledge comes from. And so if you're going to get 70 more people to lead your people, right, They need the Spirit of God, and so God gave the Spirit to these 70 people. I also want you to notice here in this passage that it isn't me that can touch somebody and give someone the Spirit. It's not a leader that can touch somebody and give them the Spirit of God or an extra anointing of God. That's not what the Scripture says. God is the one that takes His Spirit and puts it on people. It's not me. It's not another human. It's no one else. It is just God. And so God is the one that puts the Spirit on these people. Now uniquely here, um, these people, uh, these 70 people, continued to have the Spirit of God on them after this moment. But what they didn't have was prophecy. It says here in verse um, 25 at the very end, and as soon as the Spirit rested on them, right, They prophesied, but they did not continue to do it. So they prophesied to show that the Spirit had fallen upon them. But after a certain amount of time, I don't know, a couple hours, maybe that day, text doesn't say, they quit prophesying. But the Spirit of the Lord was still on them because they were leaders, and they needed that. They needed that wisdom. They needed to be able to follow Him so that they could lead the people. So it's taken, you know, From Moses, placed on these 70 people. These 70 people prophesied for a very short amount of time. And then they continue with the Holy Spirit so that they can uh, lead the people. That leads us to verse 26. And this is what it says. Now two men remained in the camp. One named Eldad and the other named Medad. Eldad and Medad. It's kind of like, Medad, Medad. Okay, that's a little too much, I know. Me, dad and the Spirit rested on them. They were among those registered. And what that means is they were among those that were invited to the tent of meeting with the other group of people to uh, receive this Holy Spirit, to be leaders of the people, but they decided not to come, all right? So Eldad and Me, dad and the Spirit rested on them, and they were among those registered, but... They had not gone out to the tent. They did not go to the tent. They did not respond to the call of Moses to come and have this meeting. Um, Maybe they were quarantined. I don't know. That was a joke. And so they they prophesied in the camp. So they're not a part of the special group. They didn't respond to the call of Moses to come to the tent of meeting. And so basically these are renegades or people within the camp that are marching to the tune of their own drum is basically what they're doing. So in verse 27 it says, And a young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. He went and told on them. Um, basically what he's saying is here's two guys that defied your orders. Here are two guys that were not a part of the selected organized group around the tabernacle here are two guys that are prophesying in the camp and because they were not a part of our group we need to stop them so i'm telling you to tell on them so that we can use your power moses to go confront them about this obvious wrong that they are doing so that they can stop prophesying in in the camp because they were not Um, originally a part of the group so in verse 28 it says and Joshua the son of Nun the assistant of Moses from his youth said my Lord Moses stop them Lord Moses stop them but Moses said are you jealous for my sake would that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them So basically what Moses is telling uh, Joshua and this person that told on these two people is, no, I'm not going to stop them. In fact, this is a good thing. You see, sometimes Christians think that their group is the only group that the Holy Spirit works in. They think that their particular type of music is the only music where the Spirit of the Lord is. Their, all, their type of preaching is the only type of preaching where the Spirit of the Lord actually moves. Their way of doing ministry is really the right way the Spirit will move in our time. And so what they do is they say, this is right, and these people over here that aren't doing the same sort of things, they're not as relevant as we are, or they're not as traditional as we are, or they're not like we are, they're, they're not real filled with the Spirit because we are. We know what God wants us to do and we are doing that. And so they look at other people that are doing stuff and they say those people obviously are not following the Spirit of God. You often hear it in terms like this. Um, this this guy over here that has uh, an amazing church, well they wouldn't say amazing, this church that is growing and it's growing really fast obviously is not because of of the movement of the spirit of god because our church over here is not growing as fast and we are following god and we are doing exactly what god wants us to right and and we're we're trying to do the things that god wants us to and this this uh joker over here has started some type of ministry and it just all looks like a show it all looks like like he's just in it for the money it looks like there's just a bunch of people coming in because um, they are so worldly, they are so this, they are so that, they are so the other. And so they discount the fact that the Spirit of God can be moving in this church uh, because of the rate of, of growth that they're having. Because their church isn't having it, and they feel like they're following the Spirit, and it doesn't match what, what is happening over here. I submit to you today that um, you and your church, our church, the Spirit of God is moving here, and he's also moving in other churches. He's He's moving in churches that aren't growing. He's moving in churches that are having a little bit of growth, but they go like this and go back down. They go like this and go back down. He's working in churches that are large, that are kind of plateaued with their growth, but he's still working in there with their type of worship and their type of preaching. He's also working in in. Churches that are growing really fast are just trying to keep up with the growth. The Holy Spirit, God puts the Holy Spirit in places and works in places as He directs and as He picks them up and places His Spirit into different um, places and different ministries and things like that. The Spirit is not something that we own and it's just our way. The spirit is something that God places on other people, and sometimes it's the organized group, and sometimes it's with the crazy people that are just kind of chaotic. I might would say it this way. God works with his spirit, with people that are overly organized, and with people that wouldn't know organization if it hit them in the face. Now I say that from a particular perspective because i feel like i'm organized i feel like the things that we do are organized at the church and they're organized in our particular way and so if someone else is organized in that particular way sometimes we think they're not organized but everybody honestly works from a system the people that are scattered that are doing all kinds of stuff that you don't really understand that you cannot connect because it doesn't really fit in your system but they have some type of system those people are running by a particular system a particular belief system and and they look at us and think and they look at people like that are structured and they think oh I'm not really sure about that and um, you should be freer with the spirit you you should you should blow with the wind and then we look and say well I if they would just focus a little bit and get get on the straight and narrow they could accomplish more for God currently I have the COVID-19 haircut. See that? See how it's on the ears and see how it's down here and see how it's growing in the back? It's called the COVID-19 haircut. I have a a body, obviously. Um, You can't see me from waist down. I, I do have jeans on. I do not have my pajamas on. This is, I'm, I'm really, the thing I don't have on is shoes. Like, you wouldn't have known that unless I just showed you that right there. I just feel more comfortable. And I rolled up my pants leg at the bottom. That's something that you wouldn't have seen unless I could jump real high or I, I picked up my, my leg like that. Nonetheless, if I was outside and the wind was blowing and was blowing really hard, right, um, I could stand pretty still with the wind blowing very hard, but my hair, might blow this way or that way or this way and get all all kind of messed up. You often see this sometimes with women. Women have these haircuts. They're long and their wind blow wind blows their hair all around. And by the time they get inside a building, it's all like frazzled out, right? It's all frazzled out. It is not that the hair isn't still a part of the body. It, it still is. It's just that it's, it's a little freer to do whatever it needs to do because it has a particular job. So it's trying to cover the hair. Now, it might not do what the body wants it to do and stay kind of perfect and organized in a windstorm, but it does stay on your head in a windstorm unless, of course, you have a toupee. That might flap and and fly off. I've seen videos on YouTube where that has happened, and by the way, if you look up those videos, those are really funny videos, not to make fun of the fun of the people, but They're pretty entertaining to watch. But nonetheless, hair flowing everywhere. I submit to you today that there there are people that are the hair of the body of Christ because we're all the body of Christ. And they are supposed to go where the wind blows. They're supposed to go in all these different directions because the Spirit of God is on them and they're being led to do those particular things. I think we can overuse um, the Spirit led me to do this the Spirit led me to do that and I think that we need to make sure that we're following God at all times but that does not mean that God doesn't move people in different positions that we don't necessarily understand why they're here one time why they're here the next or why they're over here um, a little bit later that they're kind of that free-floating sort of sort of hair-moving sort of um, believer whereas we are kind of st- kind of, we're staying put where we are. Um, I might bring it home this way. I have a um, a good friend of mine. He's a very good friend of mine, and his wife is too. It's Bill and Tracy Cowell. They're, they're um, incredible people. Love them to death. Um, since college, Bill has had various ministries. I think he was a youth pastor, and then he was a missionary, and then he's at this place, and honestly, at this point, I can't I can't give you a very accurate, like 100% accurate flow of events for his his life. But currently, um, they are moving. He works at the post office, and they're they're moving to a location that's a little closer to the post office. But he is filling uh, pulpits in his area at this church and at this church, and so he he has a ministry that way. Um, it it's very striking to me that he has he has moved in various places during his entire ministry. And whereas I've always sought to kind of get get settled in one place and, and really stay there, if you had met us in school, you would have thought that bill would have been the person that would have settled in and stayed somewhere the rest of his life like he would, he's he seems to be that person and if you met me and even if you met me right now you would think that I'd be absolutely all over the place and doing whatever i wanted to and just kind of bouncing everywhere but it's exactly the opposite whereas i believe that bill is set up to be stable. I think he's set up to be stable. I think he's set up to have a system. I really do. God has led him in different places over the course of the last, what, what is it now? Is its is it 20 years or so, 25 years? Over the last 25 years, um, and he has followed him every step of the way, and his family has gone with him. Tracy has gone with him every step of the way. Whereas me, I have been in this church for the last 12 years and in plan on to stay, because that is how God has led me. That is, he's answered a prayer that I had, and he has led me to this particular location. It doesn't mean that I have some type of corner on the Holy Spirit in my life. I, I don't. That That's like better than Bill's. It, it's not, that's not the way it is. We're actually following the Lord where the Lord wants us to be, and doing the things that God wants us to do, and as long as you stay faithful to that, that's That's great. That is exactly what you need to be doing. So I commend Bill for his tenacity to pick up and move, pick up and move, pick up and move, pick up and move. And I I think that's great. We can't say that just because someone is not stable in where they are staying, that somehow or another the Spirit of God isn't leading them. We can't say that, because here in this passage, it doesn't have to be the group that you have to be a part of in order to have the Spirit, the Spirit actually moves to people that aren't necessarily attached to this organizational system. So, where the Spirit of God is, you need to follow the Spirit of God. And I think in your life, you need to follow the Spirit of God um, wherever He leads you. He might lead you and to stay at a place for a very long period of time, or He may not. It is great to be a part of the group. It is awesome to be a part of the group, but it's also good to be a part of the two, of the two. Now, I could in- unpack this even more in saying that I I personally have never felt like I fit in with the rest of the pa- like pastor groups. Like, I'll go to a pastor group, and they have a certain type of church system that I don't necessarily understand, but at the same time, I'm designed to do something differently than they are. It's not that their system is wrong or my system is wrong, it's that the Holy Spirit has led us differently. So it's great to be a part of the group or great to be somebody that, that that does things that's a little bit different than this whole group over here does. The important thing is that we follow the Holy Spirit with our whole heart. It is important for a believer to live by the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives and follow him to where you need to live and to do what you need to do. So don't be so quick to judge something you don't understand. Don't be so quick to do that because you think you understand it, but you really don't. Don't be so quick to do that. If it's different, then you, don't judge it. If it's the same as you, don't judge it. Don't be so quick to judge a church for growing or for what they have decided to do in ministry. Don't be jealous of a ministry that's growing and then automatically cope with that jealousy by saying, well, obviously what they're doing is wrong because uh, worldliness would grow quickly. That's just not true. If the Spirit of the Lord is working in another place, that is an amazing thing. What's important, again, and I've said this a few times before, is that you live in the power of the Spirit personally so that you are doing the things that you need to do. Now, back to Numbers chapter 11, verse 29. These are the words of Moses. It says, But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Don't be jealous. You don't need to be jealous. I wish, if I could put some Philip Brand spin on this, I wish that all the Lord's people, all the people that believed in Jesus, that believed in God the Father, were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit on all of them. Little did Moses know when he said these words that after Jesus Christ rose from the dead and started the church, that is precisely what was going to happen. Moses is tickled today, looking down from heaven at the church and the Spirit of God resting on everybody that has believed on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, when you become a Christian, when you accept Jesus Christ into your life, you've asked him forgiveness for your sins, you know that he died for your sins and shed his blood on the cross of Calvary, you believe in the resurrection, and you've asked him to come into your life, you've asked him for a relationship. It is at that moment that God takes the spirit and he puts it inside of you the spirit of God now Trinity we're going to talk about that a little bit later the Holy Spirit part of the Trinity of God but what I want you to know is that he puts the spirit of God inside of you and it seals you in that relationship with him you can't lose it at that particular point in time so Moses would, is looking down from heaven right now as a cloud of witnesses and he's seeing the church saying hey you know that is incredible I wish that the children of Israel would have had the Spirit of God while I was leading them, all of them. And this is great that everybody has the Spirit of God. Well, with that comes some responsibilities. And so we, with the Spirit of God inside of us, must be very intentional about following that Spirit. And we need to make sure that we do not follow anything else. So here's a couple of, of things... I kind of want to talk about with the Spirit of God inside of you um, to kind of make you aware of so that you can make sure that you are following the Spirit of God to the best of your ability. And here's here's the first first thing. First, don't take the word the world <laughs> I almost said word, sorry about that. Don't take the world so seriously. Don't don't take the world so seriously. What do I mean about that? I think a lot of Christians are taking what they're hearing from here in the world whether it's it's a group of doctors or if it's uh, uh, radio personalities they, t- they listen to or whether it's uh, TV personalities they listen to or whether it's um, YouTube personalities that they listen to or watch or whether it's CNN or whether it's Fox News or whether it's a drug report or whether it's just interaction with people from time to time I, I think they're listening to that and they're taking it way too seriously they're listening to all this stuff and they are allowing it to guide their life So if it's fear, it's guiding their life in fear. If it's animosity, it's guiding their life in animosity. And we need to make sure that we do not take all of that so seriously. It's not that it isn't serious, but I believe that we it's very easy for us to to take it and listen to something and start following something else rather than the spirit of God, what we need to take seriously is each day waking up and listening for, looking for, the leading of the Spirit of God in our lives. And that is what we go after, and that is what we take seriously. Our mission to evangelize the world as Christians, our mission to minister to people during this time, is something that that we need to take seriously, and everything else is secondary. So all this stuff that we're hearing is secondary to our main focus, what we really take seriously— is, is following the Holy Spirit. Because we are not to be attached to this world, we're attached to another world. Another world where Jesus is preparing a place for us to live one day. That's what we're attached to. That's what we take seriously. What God is doing in the world. Not necessarily all this other stuff. So do not let other stuff guide you in how you feel, in how you approach life, and what you do. Don't let that guide you. Let the Holy Spirit of God guide you um, in your life as you try to make it through this life. Galatians chapter 5, verse 21 says this, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. In other words, if I have the Spirit of God inside of me, I need to keep in step with the Spirit of God. I need to do what the Spirit of God wants me to do. That means I have to be mindful of the Spirit, according to Romans chapter 8, verse 5. Because I'm a vessel, and so I am now a vessel that's redeemed by the blood of God, and I need to walk and keep in step with the Spirit of God in my life. I need to follow Him and take Him seriously and make sure I'm not taking the world too seriously. Do not take the world too seriously. It will drive you crazy, it will drive you into fear, it will drive you into um, anxiety, it will drive you into a situation that you do not want to live in. Second thing when we're talking about making sure that we are living in the Spirit of God. We need to make sure that we understand that for a believer, life is happening for us, not to us. Life is happening for us, not to us. Once you become a, a Christian, and once you're following Jesus, and once you're following the Holy Spirit with your 100% of your ability. God is investing in you every single day that you live, every single day that you breathe. And so life happens for you. If it's a good time, it's for your celebration. If it's a tragedy type of time, it is so that you can walk through the valley of the shadow of death with Jesus and go all the way through that valley to the other side so that you can grow in your faith in him. Everything is happening for your benefit. It's for you. It's not to you. If you look at things in this life happening to you, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, this happened to me. Oh my goodness, this happened to me. Oh my goodness, I can't believe this happened to me. Oh my goodness, I can't believe this happened to me. You go down, 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 and before too long, you're so down because everything's happened to you and you're the victim, and blah, 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 blah that you get in a very um, dangerous spiritual state. But if you look at everything that happens in this life as something that's happening for you, for your benefit, because God is, is making you into the image of His Son, you get a total different concept of how to live. And it's a way for you to keep your eyes focused on the Spirit of God that He has given to you, that you can follow so that you can be the best Christian you can be. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7 says this, The Spirit does not make people timid, but gives us love, power, and self-discipline. So, if you're timid, afraid, wondering if you're going to get something, right? Because this is the moment where everybody wonders if they're going to get something, right? You're living Um, The Spirit is not making you feel that way. It's your flesh. You have listened and taken the world way too seriously. But the Spirit gives you power to make it through life that is happening for you. The Spirit gives you power to love the people around you that you don't necessarily understand. And the Spirit gives you, get this, self-discipline. So if you're one of these people that are hopping over everywhere, and you look like you don't have self-discipline, you might look that way, but you need to make sure that you're not that way. God wants you to be self-disciplined and following after Him, following after His Word, praying uh, the Word in your heart, in your heart, in your soul. I said in your heart twice, but in your in your life. He wants you to do that. So, life is happening for you. The next thing, if, if we're going to really, honestly, if we're going to walk in the Spirit, if we're going to focus on the Spirit that God has given us as a gift, if we're going to be able to lead people, you know, in that particular direction, we need to be practicing our spiritual gifts. We need to be um, using our natural abilities God has designed us with for the benefit of others. We need to be modeling the fruit of the Spirit. I find a lot of Christians um, oftentimes fall into the state of where they try to make themselves look the best that they can be. They want to be. They look like the best Christian. They want to look like the best singer. They want to look like the best preacher. They want to look like the best, the best, the best. And it's all about them. And it's very easy to fall into. But service is really not that. If you're following the Spirit, you are looking at other people and you're saying this, I want to make other people the best that they can be. So what can I do as a part of the body to Help them become the best that they can be. How can I aid them? How can I serve them? How can I go after that? So you use your spiritual gifts. You use your natural abilities to help people be the best that they can be. It is my responsibility to make people around me the best they can be. Serve them with all my heart so that they can they can serve God the best that they're supposed to be. And everybody else is supposed to be looking at others To serve them. See, that's where the fruit of the Spirit is shown. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's where it's shown. It's all for other people. See, I love people. I'm happy for people. I'm joyous for people. I'm I'm at peace with people. I have some forbearance. They're different than I am. But that's okay. That, ladies and gentlemen, is forbearance. I'm kind to people and not harsh. I'm good toward people and not bad toward people. I'm faithful. I have a certain level of faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. I treat people, other people, correctly. If you listen to the world, You're going to become very critical of people. You're going to become very critical of everything that's happening. If you're living by your flesh, you're going to be critical of what people are doing around you. But if you're living by the Spirit, you're going to be somebody that is pleasant to be around, that adds value to people that you come into contact with. That is what the church is supposed to be. That is why the Spirit of God is given to us, so that we can add value to people that are believers and also add add value to people that aren't believers. When you add value to people that aren't believers, it is a testimony that you are different than everybody else, and it draws them toward Jesus. The Holy Spirit begins to work in their life, and they see that there's something different about you, And they begin to desire it at least that's the hope that's what you try to do so you try to serve people in that particular way finally um you know that's great you know it's it's great to talk about you know don't take the world so seriously it's great to talk about you know life happening for you not to you it's it's great to talk about like um Live the fruit of the Spirit. Make sure you're using your spiritual gifts and make sure you're using the way God designed you naturally to help other people. It's great to to talk about all that. But the key to making that happen is for you and I to make sure that we are drawing near to God. In this text, in, in Numbers chapter 11, there's a group of 70 people that went to the tent of meeting, the centralized point of the camp, where they knew God resided. It's where heaven met earth in the Holy of Holies. That's why you, there were so many stipulations for you to go into that room. Where heaven and earth met. And so they came around to be near God, right? And and they drew near to him. Now, these other two people in the camp, I'm not really sure how they drew near to him. I, I don't have... That text in front of me. But there was something about them where they had already drew near to God in their life, and and they were already trying to follow Him in the best of their ability. And that's why they got a portion of the Holy Spirit laid upon their shoulders. You see, we cannot walk with the Spirit of God. We cannot follow the Spirit of God unless we are drawing near to God, getting to know Him, and we are actually spending time in His presence. I believe that every Christian, every minute of the day, should try their best to live in the presence of God, to to draw near to Him with a humble heart, not a prideful heart, not a heart that says, I'm already there, I'm already a good person, I'm already this, I'm already that, um, not a prideful heart, but a humble heart is what you approach God with. You're humbled that He would think so highly of you that He would die for you on the cross and even spend time with you or even give you a, the Holy Spirit inside of you to guide your life. You, you're humbled with that. You do not deserve anything that God has given you. I do not deserve anything that God has given me it is only by his grace and mercy that we are saved it's only by his grace and mercy that he has given us the ability to follow his spirit to be something different to have a serious mindset towards something that is beyond this world and a plan that is beyond this world um, so that this world will not drag us down, so that we can follow and lead people to Him. We humble and draw near to God, and the Bible says, and He will draw near to us. When God draws near to you, the natural thing that happens is you use your spiritual gifts, you you are easily... Uh, live out the fruit of the Spirit. You know that each day is another opportunity to strengthen your faith in Him. And you wake up each day and the headlines just don't matter that much to you. It's just another part of going through this life and going down the roads that God wants you to go down. And that is how you live in the direction of the Holy Spirit. I close with this. In Numbers chapter 11, um, it's interesting to me, and we're going to talk about this a little bit next week, that there's conflict surrounding this whole Holy Spirit thing. This Holy Spirit being placed on people's shoulders. There's a conflict. There's complaining surrounding it. And I think the lesson that we need to take at the very end of this is this. When there is complaining... When there is conflict all around us, when there is uncertainty and things are negative, it is very, very important for the people of God to connect with the Holy Spirit of God so that they can lead through that and actually live above it. So I don't know how you've been following the Spirit. I don't know if you've been following everything that you hear in the news and it's weighed on your soul or if you've actually been following God today. My prayer is that if you have or if you have it, either way, either one you are, that as a result of this message, you'll be more dedicated to walking step-by-step by, step by the Spirit in your life, to recognizing that gift that God has given you and using it to its full value.